Boker Tov, good morning everyone. Welcome to the Aliyah Day. It is a beautiful day in the neighborhood. Won't you be mine? And uh, be here and be glad. Oh look, the live just now popped up. There there I am. Uh, on my Looking at my tablet here. Making sure that it pops up so everybody can join us. Baruch Hashem. Uh, yeah, so waiting for the great pandemic to be over so that people's lives can be saved, that our synagogue can get back to normal, and that YouTube, hopefully, after this is all over, will go back to the normal uh, way of, of alerting everybody that the uh, the feed is about to start. And I also have another uh, incredible dilemma that has come up today, and uh, the pandemic is not helping me with it. So... I have run out of my little my little tab sticky notes that I write on, and I, I write on these and I, I put them in my books so that um, you know I know what I've just read and it, it's just my way of remembering and so I've I use my little tab method uh, for the drosh for the aliyah day these little tabs I stick them on there I write little notes hey be sure to talk about this or uh, some great eloquent thought that pops into my head Hashem. Uh, but I'm out of these, uh, and I don't want to go to the, to Walmart and get any because I could catch my death. So um, I'm going to have to actually go back to the archaic method of cutting up sticky notes. Wow. All right, so glad you're here. Uh, welcome, everybody. The things that we go through uh, when we have stay-at-home orders. Um, Baruch Hashem. So glad you are here. Hope everybody is having a good a good morning uh, thus far. Who else? Who we have online here with us? Uh, Celia. Celia was numero uno today, or as they say in Brazil, number one. Glad you're here, Celia. Rachel, precious Rachel, watching all the way from Tulsa. Glad you are here. And uh, Sue, glad you're here. And who else do we have? Ryan, watching from uh, South Africa. Shimon, from Tulsa. Stay safe, Shimon. I know you have to work in the clinic there. Just hose everybody down with Lysol. It's fine. They'll understand. Colin, welcome. Glad you're here. Devota, glad you're here. Gerald, watching from Central Virginia. Welcome, sir. Glad you're here. And uh, who else we have? Yara, glad you're here. Gerald. No, I already said Gerald. Sorry, Gerald. Joy, glad you're here from New Hampshire. Gigi, I love that name. Uh, Gabrielle from Germany, glad you're here. Devora Avant, glad you are here. Katura, watching from uh, home. Uh, Leonard and Vicky, watching from Central Virginia as well. And uh, Yiska from uh, from Florida, glad you are here. And uh, learning to follow Torah, that's a great name, whoever that is. Glad you are here as well. I'm just kind of my 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 chat box just skipped ahead here. John from India, welcome. Who else we have? Brenda, Kendra, welcome. Stephanie, look at all these precious folks. Um, Baruch Hashem. Craig from Scotland, welcome, Craig. Glad you're here. Uh, Keila, oh, Keila, look at Keila watching. So precious, Baruch Hashem. Donna from in Indiana, looks like. The Rebbit Scene, she's online, Baruch Hashem. Uh, Mark Levine. If I miss some people, I'm sorry. My little chat box keeps skipping ahead because everybody is jumping on board here. So I apologize if I didn't. If I missed your name, it wasn't intentional. Uh, Carol, watching from uh, Canada. We have Canada represent. We're from Canada to India, from uh, New Hampshire to California, 
Do we have anybody watching in South America? We have people watching the Caribbean. We have our 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 uh, Jamaican, our Jamaicans watching somewhere. I don't know if they're on today, but they have been on. So, Baruch Hashem, glad they're here. Anyway, welcome. It's a beautiful day in the neighborhood. We are all apart together. We are all separated as one in quarantine. And we are on the third Aliyah of Parasha Zav. Parasha Zav. Here we are. Um, let's see. Uh, Quinientos is 500, right? For our Spanish speakers. Quinientos. Am I doing this right? I don't know what it is with five. It's like a block. I need help. I need therapy. I need Spanish therapy when it comes to 50, 15, and 500. Quinientos sesenta y cinco. Capítulo siete, verso once. In el libro de Leviticus. Parasha Zav. That's for our Sephardic Jews out there. For the Ashkenazi Jews, well, we are on page 575, chapter 7, verse 11, in the book of Leviticus and the Parsha Zav. And so here we go. And away we go. It is This is the law of the feast peace offering that one will offer to Adonai. If he shall offer it for a Thanksgiving offering, he shall offer it with a feast Thanksgiving offering, unleavened loaves mixed with oil, unleavened wafers smeared with oil, and loaves of scald, scalded fine flour mixed with oil. With loaves of leavened bread shall he bring his offering with his feast Thanksgiving peace offering. From it shall he offer one from each kind of offering a portion to Adonai. It shall belong to the Kohen who throws the blood of the peace offering. Uh, incidentally, just as an aside, I was um, reading about how the blood was thrown on the altar, which I, I thought was interesting. Uh, the priest, you know, the altar is basically square. Um, and so what the priest would do is he would throw the blood on the corners of the altar so that the blood would splash on one side and the other. And he would do that on the corners, and thereby splashing the blood around the altar. That's how it was done. I thought it was interesting. I just wanted to share it uh, for all of those out there who wanted to know, and knowing is half the battle. Uh, no, I haven't been watching G.I. Joe on Netflix or uh, Prime, but I wonder if they have it. I'm sure that Rebbetzin would love to watch it with me. Uh, and the flesh of his feast, Thanksgiving peace offering, must be eaten on the day of its offering. He shall not leave any of it until morning. If his peace offering is for a vow donation, it must be eaten on the day he offered his feast offering, and the next day what is left over may be eaten. What is left over from the flesh of the feast offering shall be burned in the fire on the third day. Y'all catch that third day, burning the fire? And if some of the flesh of his feast Thanksgiving peace offering was intended to be eaten on the third day, it is not acceptable. The one who offers it may not intend this. It remains rejected, and the soul that eats it shall bear its iniquity. The flesh that touches any contaminated thing may not be eaten. It shall be burned in the fire. But of the uncontaminated flesh, any uncontaminated person may eat the flesh. A person who eats flesh from the feast peace offering that is 
Adonai's will, while his contamination is upon him, that soul shall be cut off from its people. If a person touches any contamination, whether human contamination or a contaminated animal carcass or any contaminated detestable carcass, and he eats from the flesh of a peace feast offering, that is Adonai's, then that soul will be cut off from his people. Now Adonai spoke to Moshe, saying, Speak to the children of Israel, saying, Any fat of the oxen, sheep, or goats you shall not eat. The fat of an animal that died and the fat of an animal that had been torn to death may be put may may be put to any use, but you shall not uh, eat it. Now, I just want to back up. I've, I've mentioned this before, but this is a good opportunity to say it again. There are people out there, many of them, who um, ignorantly, I just, I don't mean that in a mean way that ignorant just means that you one doesn't have knowledge of something um but ignorant people reject the oral torah they say that it's uh it's just the teachings of men it's total uh, garbage you don't have to follow it and yet uh their entire life uh religious life is uh, an oral torah that they have made up or you typically that some uh, non-jewish uh, christian leader has made up uh, eons back but they claim to be word of God only. Now, this, what I just read a second ago, uh, should, to the person who um, has common sense and foresight, would present a problem if, you're, if you claim to be word of God only. What do I mean by that? Well, it says here, let's say you're word of God only. You're not allowed to use any type of uh, oral tradition. You're not allowed to go to the Talmud or any other source and find out what this actually means because, after all, you know what it means. I mean, uh, you're an expert anyway, so why would you want to ask anybody? All you need to do is ask the Holy Spirit. He'll tell you. And so it says right here, Speak to the children of Israel, saying, Any fat, say any fat, any fat of oxen, sheep, or goats you shall not eat. Now, this presents a problem because if you're word of God only, that means you cannot eat a, uh, any, any meat that has any marbling of fat in it whatsoever. Which means that you you couldn't eat the even you could not even even eat the ninety ten uh, ground beef at the store. In fact, if your word of God only, you would have to realize that every time you had a hamburger, you were in major violation of Torah law. Uh, you'd have to have hundred percent beef, which there is no such thing. Anybody saw that see that story that happened uh, eons ago about the fact that they tested all the hundred percent beef ground beef in the stores, and they found that uh, it wasn't. Yeah. Non-kosher, I'm talking about. Kosher would have to be, right? You're not allowed to have anything that's not beef and kosher ground beef. But I digress. It has nothing to do with what I was saying. I'm just simply saying here that if you're, this is the fallacy of trying to be word of God only. That's, that's the illustration. Because if you're trying to be word of God only, then you need to be word of God only. Sola Scriptura. And which means you cannot have any fat whatsoever. Pink stuff. That's right, Rebazine. That's my wife said it's the pink stuff was in there. Yes. So if you're going to be word of God only, if that's where you're going to plant your flag, and I know I'm, I'm speaking to the Levitical choir here, so not y'all aren't word of God only, but you have friends that are. And so just take out a pen and paper and write this verse down. And somebody who says, I don't believe in the oral Torah, I'm word of God only, say, oh, okay, so you don't eat any fat in meat at all, ever. Ever. No brisket. No prime rib, no uh, no ninety ten, right? And if they say, "Well, yes, I do," ah, 
boom, your whole theology is out the window. That's how easy it is. It's just that easy. Not that you're trying to shame anybody, but you're trying to teach people, right? That's the whole point. We are trying to push back the frontiers of ignorance every day on this program. Verso 24. The fat of an animal that died and the fat of an animal that had been torn to death may be put to any use, but you shall not, you shall not eat it. For anyone who eats the fat of an animal species from which one may bring a fire offering to Adonai, the soul that eats will be cut off from its people. You shall not consume any blood in any of your dwelling places, whether from fowl or from animals. Any person who consumes any blood, that soul will be cut off from his people. This goes back to uh, kosher slaughter I spoke about yesterday. Verse 28, Adonai spoke to Moshe saying, oh, I was sorry, I was reading a comment by Yara. That's why I'm talking about Yara. That's why, that's why I, I, I giggle when I say things like that. But anyway, uh, Adonai spoke to Moshe saying, speak to the children of Israel and say to them, when one brings his peace offering to Adonai, he shall deliver his offering to Adonai from his feast peace offerings. With his own hands shall he bring the fire offering to Adonai, the, the fat atop the, the breast shall he bring, the breast in order to wave it as a wave service before Adonai. Um, the Kohen shall cause the fat to go up and smoke in the altar, and the breast shall be for Aaron his sons. You shall give the, pe the, the right thigh as a raised up gift to the Kohen from your peace, peace offerings. Anyone... From among the sons of Aaron, who shall offer the blood of the peace offering and the fat, the right thigh shall be as his as a portion. For the breast of the wave offering, or excuse me, the waving and the thigh of the raise, raising up, have I taken from the children of Israel from their feast peace offerings, and I have given them to Aaron the Cohen and his sons as an eternal stipend from the children of Israel. This is the uh, anointment portion of Aaron and the anointment portion gift of his sons. From the fire offering of Adonai, on the day he brought them near to minister Adonai, that Adonai commanded to be given them, on the day he anointed them from among the children of Israel, it is an eternal decree for his generations. This is the law of the elevation offering, the meal offering, the sin offering, and the guilt offering, and the inauguration offering, the feast peace offerings, which Adonai commanded Moshe and Mount Sinai, on the day he commanded the children of Israel to bring their offerings to Adonai in the wilderness of Sinai. That is the end of the uh, third Aliyah, Baruch Hashem. All right, so let's get to some insights here. Where shall we begin? Let me begin with a, a commentator I have not shared before. This is Akidat, Akidat Yitzhak. Akidat Yitzhak. Just a couple of things I was reading last night, doing a little bit of reading in Akidat Akidat Yitzak. I can't say. I can't talk. Akidat Yitzak. Bukashim. That's a tongue twister. Say that fifteen times fast. I was reading this last night. Reading a little bit of um, the Age of Napoleon last night. Um, the uh, the lock in. I'm going to call it a lock in. You know, as a teenager, uh, they used to have lock ins, and uh, we had a lock in here one time. I don't think I was here for that. But anyway, it was a lot of fun. Uh, for the uh, students, but uh, I, I, a lock-in is a fun. A a uh, quarantine is not fun, but a lock-in is fun. So any of these lock-in, the good for the lock-in 
the good thing about a lock-in is we had lots of time for reading and for cleaning and uh, going through stuff. So anyway, found my, uh, my book, uh, The Age of Napoleon, and uh, started to read it again. It's very fascinating, but it has nothing to do with what I want to talk about here. It says, and this inside Akidakitsak, <laughs> I'm getting a little punchy, I guess. Being here at the synagogue by myself, um, spooky. It says, true worship of God consists of obeying his commandments. So I just want to share this because it's a just a good reminder of what, according to the Bible, is worship. Some people, when we think about worship, we think about um, musical worship, lifting our hands, maybe dancing, praising God, what have you. But from a biblical point of view, uh, that's that's great. That, that's that's all a part of it. But but actual actual worship. Uh, the, the the true worship the, the tr- worship that's real and meaningful is obedience to Hashem's commandments. That's true worship. Because you know you can sing a song and you can lift your hands and you can dance or whatever, but you can do all of that and then walk away and not actually submit yourself to the will of God and and and. Uh, you've accomplished nothing. That's like offering a sacrifice, but your heart really isn't in it. You've sung a beautiful song, but you've offered up a great lamb, but you haven't really connected your heart with that. When we connect our heart with God is when we submit to his will, when we do what he wants us to do. So true worship of God, it says here, consists of obeying his commandments, neither adding nor subtracting therefrom. Now, um, a lot of people will libel and or slander the rabbis of old and say, well, they were adding to the Torah, when in fact that is not true. The Torah in several places, uh, in Parashah Shoftim and also Parashah um, uh, Yitro uh, among them, uh, actually authorize uh, judges to make religious decisions okay so what the talmud does and 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 you need to know this if you're not familiar with the talmud and most people who hate the talmud or speak against it or slander it or or otherwise libel it uh, you should know that 99.999999% of the time they know literally nothing about it except what they read on google or what video they watched on youtube but most of them have never actually sat down with a volume or a tractate and actually read it at all, ever. So what is the Talmud? The Talmud is basically the rabbis looking at the Word of God and saying, how do we do that? For instance, I just got the reading where it says you're not supposed to eat any fat. Well, clearly, we know that it's okay to eat fat because... There's kosher brisket, and it has fat in it. There's kosher prime rib, and it has fat in it. There's kosher uh, ground beef, and it's 80-20 or 90-10 or whatever. So clearly, Jews eat fat. So the oral tradition, or the oral Torah, rather, goes into that verse and says, what does that mean? What fats are we to avoid, and what are we to consume that's the purpose of the Talmud. 
It's to take the word of God and to explain it, not to add to the word of God, not to, God forbid, detract from it, but rather to tell us and help us how to live it out. Because let's just be honest, the Bible by itself does not give us enough information for day-to-day life. It just doesn't. For instance, it says gather on the Sabbath in a holy assembly, right? Doesn't tell us how. Doesn't tell us when. Doesn't tell us what to do when we get here. You know, I asked somebody one time who was from the Hebrew Roots Movement, was attending our synagogue. This is early, in the early days of Sar Shalom. And I, I was talking about, you know, back then we were encouraging people to light candles and uh, say the bracha over Kiddush, say the bracha over the challah, bless the children, Proverbs 31, all that stuff that Jews have been doing for thousands and thousands and thousands of years all across the world, okay? So this person says to me and says, we don't do all that stuff because that's just the traditions of men. Oh, okay. So I said to this person, I said, well, what do you do on Friday night then? And he said, well, uh, my family and I gather around and we read some psalms. And I said, stop. What page is that on? Where does it say, thou shalt gather in thy living room on Friday night, and thou shalt make a circle with thy family and read thy psalms unto thyself? Where does it say that? And the person said, well, it doesn't say that, but, but we decide, oh, stop. I said, so what you did is you took 3,000 years of Jewish wisdom from people who are educated scholars and appointed by the Torah to make judgments for the community. You threw that out in favor of your own judgment with no knowledge, no background in Judaism, um, a, a few years, maybe when I say few, like a, literally like a handful, like less than five, um, years of education in Torah, which basically, my friends, is nothing, okay? Um, and you decided that that's what you should do. I said, it's vanity. It's vanity, it's arrogance, it's pride, uh, it's haughtiness, uh, it's, it's terrible. So, uh, you know, you're doing, you know, so there it is. So that's what the Talmud is. In case you're <clears throat> wondering, a lot of the Talmud, if I can just be frank, is kind of boring. It's kind of boring. When you read it, you know, you just kind of go, a lot of minutia, a lot of arguments back and forth. It's, you know, uh, people say the Talmud is full of all kinds of incantations and evil. I wish it were that exciting. <laughs> anyway. All right. Are you having fun? Hope you're having fun. All right, let's continue this uh, insight. It says... When referring to that kind of worship, that is obedience to, to God, the Torah does not shrink from employing the term avodah. So avodah is service, and particularly service of the heart, and this is why we're talking about um, uh, worshiping God by following His commandments. This is true avodah. This is true service of the heart. Where, you know, it's, it, anybody can bring God's stuff. Anybody can sing. Anybody can lift their hands, right? That doesn't really require much, if you think about it. Anybody can write a check and whatever. That doesn't require a lot. But 
submitting your will to his will is huge. That is where the proverbial rubber meets the proverbial road. And it's not always easy, and it's very much a sacrifice. But remember, in Judaism, a sacrifice is to draw near. So God says, according to the sages, God says, make your will my will, and I'll make my will your will. Now, that's an interesting trade-off, isn't it? So we say, well, I want to submit to the word of God, but there's things in my life that I want. And God says, look, look. If you submit your will to my will, then I'll make your will my will. In other words, as long as you're, you're, what you want is godly, and if you want to knock off First National Bank, he's not going to make that happen for you. But, you know, as long as what you want is, is godly and, and true and doesn't violate his word somehow, doesn't violate his divine will, he'll make your will his will, but we first have to be willing to make his will our will. Now, um, I want to share this next insight from Akidat Yitzhak, where it talks about uh, just forgiveness of sins. This is, this is uh, actually a very common insight. It's been shared before. I've read it in other places, but um, it's just really good. So this is what it says. Uh, a bit off topic of what I was just talking about, but it's still part of Ayikra. It says that <coughs> the Yalkut Shimoni, Yalkut Shimoni, um, on Ezekiel item 358 relates that the following relates the following rather says they asked wisdom what is a suitable punishment for the sinner wisdom replied evil will pursue the sinner according to Proverbs 321 when they asked prophecy the same question prophecy replied the person who sins will die, from Ezekiel 18 and verse 4. When, when they asked Torah, the answer was, he will bring an offering and obtain forgiveness. When they asked God, God said, let him repent and confess, and he will attain atonement. As we know from Hosea 14:2, take with you words and return to the Lord. This is also in the meaning of the verse in Psalm 25, 8. Good and upright is the Lord. Therefore, he instructs the sinners in the path of life. Just wanted to share that. Uh, I always like to point out and highlight um, the grace and the love and the mercy of God. On the turn, on the, along the lines of teshuva and repentance and um, love of God, etc., there is a insight from the Gutnik Humash talking about the broken vessel. We have to break the earthen vessel, remember, uh, if it became contaminated. So it says, an earthware vessel represents the body of man, which was formed from the earth. Just as an earthenware vessel that absorbs a prohibited substance must be broken, so too... If a man's body participates in a sin, God forbid, it can be atoned for when his heart becomes broken through true repentance. I thought that was a beautiful insight. How do we, how do we uh, achieve that uh, that broken vessel status? Well, by by 
breaking our heart, by being truly uh, contrite in our spirit and um, asking Hashem to uh, forgive us to uh, the uttermost. Another insight here, uh, I believe I'm also going to share this from the uh, Kehol Tumash, just taking a quick look, making sure I didn't leave anything. Uh, there's lots of insights here, but we'll get to some of these in just a moment. Yeah, we'll come back to that in a second. Um, this is an insight here about the Thanksgiving uh, offering, the Thanksgiving offering. Uh, Rashi brings down, when is a Thanksgiving offering brought? When is a Thanksgiving offering brought? It says, um, to give thanks to God for a miracle that happened to a person. Uh, by the way, uh, in, in Judaism teaches that uh, we very much believe in the miraculous power of God, 100%. I know I do. Jews do as well. But we're not to rely on miracles. And I shared an article on Facebook this morning about a pastor who uh, defied the uh, uh, don't gather order, whatever you want to call it, order in Florida and uh, recklessly uh, had services with hundreds of people and putting people's lives in danger. And the, an arrest warrant was issued for him. He turned himself in. He's arrested and good good for the sheriff's department. They should prosecute him to the fullest extent of the law. Um but, of course, there's lots of people out there that say, well, he's believing God. God's going to protect him from this you know, virus. And that's all great. You know what? We pray for God's protection all the time. But we are not allowed to rely and depend on miracles. We're supposed to take the necessary precautions. You know, it'd be like saying, well, I'm going to go into battle, but I'm not going to wear any of my protective gear. I'm just going to believe God to protect me. No, you believe God to protect you, and sometimes he'll protect you in a very miraculous way on the battlefield, but you still put on your helmet, and you still put on your flak jacket, and you still put on your protective whatever else you're wearing when you go into battle, because the way in which he might protect you is the bullet might hit your bulletproof vest or your bulletproof helmet or, or the shrapnel may hit it or whatever, whatever, and that's how he protects you. You could argue as a miracle, whatever, but we're not supposed to rely on miracles. Nevertheless, when God does provide for us a miracle, that's when we bring a thanksgiving offering. We are out of time, but we are not out of content. I'm going to continue tomorrow with a thanksgiving offering and go into that in a bit more detail. Until then, I want everybody to have a beautiful, amazing, glorious, wondrous day. And we'll see everybody tomorrow. Stay safe. Stay at home. Uh, clean out your drawers. And get ready for Pesach. Uh, and life will be good. <laughs> so see everybody then. Shalom and blessings. Thank you so much for being a part of the Aliyah today. Oh, be sure and share this video. I haven't said that in a while. Share this video with everybody. Like it. Share it. Publicize it. It's a great opportunity to get the word out. People need something good and healthy and wholesome to watch while they are at home. So make that happen today. Shalom and blessings.